Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminal, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie, coming to you guys from sunny California, or it's like 50 degrees out right now. (laughs) Still sunny though. Still sunny though. Yeah. Like we need rain so bad, so yeah. bad. There's still fires going on here in California. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like the almost the middle of December. It rained once for like a day two weeks ago, and it hasn't rained since in Sacramento. So <laughs> and everyone posted on their social media like, "Oh my god, I love rain." Yeah, and I'm just <laughs> it's like, like a sprinkle. LA is all hit with like a million car accidents because no one knows how to drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, last week we left you guys with Joff- Jeff- Joffrey. Joffrey. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> this is a Game of Thrones podcast this time around. No. Jeffrey Dahmer had just moved into his infamous apartment um, where he's going to go on to commit the next 12 murders. And this week we're sipping on a drink that's a, a little twist on the classic zombie. We call it the love Yo. zombie because... Love zombie. Uh, You'll soon learn that Dahmer tried to create himself a few <laughs> love zombies for himself and not the cocktail. So. Yeah, shit up. So in oh. a cocktail shaker, you're going to add one ounce of light rum, one ounce of dark rum, one ounce of orange caracao, 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 liquor, one and a half, yeah, one and a half ounces <laughs> of orange juice, one ounce of passion fruit puree or syrup. I used Monin syrup, a half ounce of raspberry syrup a half ounce of lime juice, a half ounce of lemon juice, two dashes of bitter, and a scoop of ice. It's kind of a lot, but you're going to shake, 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 like you're shaking your brains up a bit, and you're going to pour it in a tall Collins glass, (laughs) and you're going to lightly pour a half ounce of grenadine down the side of the glass, let it sink to the bottom, like a little bloody love transaction there. And then on top, you're going to float a half ounce of 151 rum. You can garnish with a pineapple flag if you really feel fancy. And you'll be a zombie ready for love in just a few sips, I promise. (laughs) Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails for this recipe. You can check out our Patreon also at Crimes and Cocktails. If you like what you hear, sign up for five bucks a month to buy us coffee or help us power through some new material. If if there are any uh, serial killers, killers, crimes, conspiracies, whatever you want us to tackle, we'd love to hear from you. So you can send us a message on Patreon or Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to hear from you. Yep. Do a something like this or a mini soda on it. Yeah. Um, and cheers. We'll if you're drinking this, I uh, am. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. It's nice and uh, boozy to get us through this last uh, 
12 murders. <laughs> so, <laughs> we told you we'd make you a strong drink, and yeah. this is a strong drink, so. Yeah. Buckle in, and uh, we're going to get down with Dahmer now. It's spring of 1990. Dahmer's out of prison. He's a free man. He's out of grandma's house. Uh, he it's has like a slap apartment. on the wrist prison, really. I mean. Yeah, he was there for eight months with able to go to work still. It's he just basically slept in a prison ridiculous. bed. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. So dumb. So he still has his job at the chocolate factory where he's making like 250 a week, paying for his $300 a month apartment. My unemployment um, is not even 250 a week. No. Right? Like, Dude. Governor Newsom, are you listening to this? No, just kidding. I don't, seriously. Uh, I hope somebody in DC is listening to this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> oh, my stimulus. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like shaking my fist in the air. Give me that stimulus. Uh, As I spend my my $100 of unemployment on alcohol for this podcast. (laughs) That's how much we care about you guys. So become a patron. I'm committed. (laughs) And I like alcohol. Okay. So he's on probation. He's not supposed to be drinking out of the bars. His parole officer said he had talked... um, a lot of suicide and money problems, which the officer couldn't figure out. <laughs> like, why do you not have money problems when you're making 250 a week, paying $300 a month for rent, including utilities? Uh, so he's making four times his rent each month. And he's probably, uh, you know, his money's going to the shit ton of alcohol that he's drinking for himself and to give these people that he's bringing home sleeping pills. They're not cheap. Um, acetone. <laughs> and just, it's... This guy had disposable income, and that's the problem well, with disposable income. <laughs> and then he, I mean, he also was buying things, like, to dispose of this. He had, like, a chainsaw. That's a pretty yeah. penny. And then he had a giant canister yeah. that he was storing bodies in. Yeah. I think he bought a second little mini fridge because he was running out of room in his freezer. <laughs> Costco's supply of trash bags. Cannibalism <laughs> ain't cheap, y'all. No, it's not. <laughs> Gotta be committed Admitted. Uh, and also, Dahmer said in his interview with FBI later that he was never really did consider suicide. He was content with what he was doing. That was yeah. just something that he said. I think he was oh. doing it to, like, f- disguise, you know, to be like, yeah, I'm just depressed. Like, kind of trying to fit in a little bit more. But yeah, he was, he was pretty fine doing what he was doing, so. Yeah. Ugh. On May 20th of 1990... Fresh out of jail, <laughs> he uh, Dahmer told 33 year old Raymond Lament Smith that he would pay him fifty dollars for sex, which is equivalent to ninety nine dollars today. I think it's more expensive to pay for someone's OnlyFans than what this person was doing to get sex. Apparently, know your worth. <laughs> know your worth. <laughs> <laughs> After getting to Dahmer's apartment, he served Smith a drink with seven sleeping pills, and then he strangled Smith. After strangling Smith, Dahmer began to perform oral sex and anal sex on the body. If you remember in the last episode, he had just progressed to practicing necrophilia, so he had not done that before, and now he was doing that. Then he progresses even more here. He cuts a slit above the pubic line on the body and perform sexual intercourse with that, which is so disgusting. I hope you're drinking your drink. After Dahmer had performed various sexual activities on the body, he began to dismember Smith. He started first by slitting the body open from sternum to the pubic area. He flayed open the body, 
took out all the organs to dispose of them, put them in a trash bag. Then he started to cut the meat off the bones. He would start at the calves and work his way up the sides of his victims. He put the head in the freezer immediately so he could save that to work on later. He would place Smith's limbs and torso in a large tank of acid to remove the flesh. Then he would later boil the head in an 80-gallon pot of water. He would keep the skull and paint it gray, again to disguise it. He would keep a lot of the bones, and he would decorate his apartment with it, basically. And then he would turn the rest, after all the rest of the organs and everything had been in the acid, they would turn into a liquefied jelly kind of consistency, and he would flush them down his toilet. So... I would not want to be that plumber. But he performed the same routine with 27-year-old Edward Smith on June 14th. Uh, something I read in one of the FBI interviews, the police said at one point they searched his locker at work um, in which he had a skull just chilling in there. But because he had painted it gray, the police thought it was fake. So <laughs> Fooled him again. Fooled him again. <laughs> so, like... Milwaukee police, this was not your finest years in life. That is for sure. Uh, do you imagine the plumbing at that guy's place? <laughs> uh, my dad's a plumber, and <laughs> I think he'd be mortified. <laughs> I'm sure it like did work on the pipes because the liquid that he was soaking the body in was probably like. Oh yeah, it. yeah. Over. My dad's always uh, complained to me about, like, someone poured Drano down their pipe again and blinded me in the eyes. And I cannot imagine <laughs> Dahmer's building's maintenance guy. Yeah. They probably didn't even have a maintenance guy, to be honest. That place sounded like probably a shithole, so. Probably not. Oh, um, 22-year-old Ernest Miller would be the first victim that Dahmer would decide to consume. In September of 1990, after killing him with his usual routine, he decided to set aside his biceps for later consumption. He boiled the rest of the body to a jelly-like sub substance with Soilex and then flushed him down the toilet and disposed of him in the trash. On September 24th, Dahmer lured a murdered and murdered 23-year-old David Thomas and did the same in the same manner. I have a little clip here of Dahmer describing his, uh, what kind of drove him to this. I'll play that right now. I was uh, branching out. That's when the cannibalism started, eating of the heart and uh, the arm muscle. It was a way of uh, making me feel that uh, they were a part of me. It, it, for, at first it was just curiosity, and then it became compulsive. So wrapping up the year of 1990, Dahmer has gone from killing someone as a way to cover up raping them after he's drugged them. So if you remember, the whole like trail of this starting is he didn't like that they were moving, so he would drug them so that he could have his way with them. But obviously people don't like that, so then he'd have to kill them to like get rid of the evidence. But <laughs> you don't like being drugged? You don't like being drugged <laughs> and raped? I don't understand. And then he would progressed that he started keeping souvenirs started keeping their skulls and now he's progressed to eating parts of the body jeffrey dahmer is a hundred percent a product killer uh, we've talked a few times about the process versus the product um he's all after the product i the killing part is pretty the same thing i mean he's strangling them so it's very personal but they're drugged they're not fighting back it's not like this rush of 
you know, them scratching, clawing at him or whatever. However, he does talk about in one of his interviews later that he did find a rush in hunting for his victims. Yeah. I think he's strangling them because it's the easiest way to kill them without damaging their right. bodies until he wants to do what he wants there to do There was a them. few of them that he does uh, slit their throat instead of... Actually, I think David Thomas, the last one, he slits their throat instead mm-hmm. of strangling them. Um, but for the most part, he strangles them, and not even with his hands. Normally, it's with, like, a belt or something. Yeah. So I think it, you're right. It's just, it's quieter. It's easier. He's just right there. They're not fighting back. But he, he does get a rush and excitement about getting the person, picking out who he, you know, likes, getting them to come back, trying to seduce them with whatever, Bailey's chocolates, whatever, and then kind of going there. So he's getting gratification from having sex with the bodies, consuming the bodies. He says in various interviews that he wanted to keep it with them. Like it was like a way to like almost reconcile himself with what he was doing. And so that's kind of where the the cannibalism started. That's when the cannibalism started. <laughs> but that's where it kind of started is he wanted a way to keep them with him. So he does um, unsuccessfully tries to lure and murder other men around this time frame after uh, David Thomas in September to his next victim, but he's a little unsuccessful. So it's a little bit of a dry spell. He needs more. He's found exactly what it is he likes now. He's like, you know, got his list of all the notches he wants. Um, one attempt, he was able to get a guy to come home with them, but he did not have enough sleeping pills to subdue him. And he's getting really frustrated. This guy is not passing out. So he tries knocking him out with a rubber mallet. Oh, my God. <laughs> Probably so funny. Why would you go to hammer. sleep? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but the guy, like, you know, that doesn't phase him. So he ends up escaping. The guy tries to tell <laughs> Milwaukee's finest, the police. But the police thought, this is too whack. We don't believe you. <laughs> That's whack. Get out of our office. Yeah. So ridiculous. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So now we're uh, February 18th, 1991. Jeffrey drugged and then strangled 19-year-old Curtis Strader. Strader. This time he only kept the skull and disposed of his body in the trash. Dahmer later said that when Curtis was drugged and started to doze, he fell off the bed and knocked a black table that had two griffins on it. Uh, one uh, One with the word Leon and one with the word Paul. They represented personal power. The griffin fell and Dahmer said he had a premonition that he was starting to lose control and that the griffin falling was a symbolization of a loss of power. So during the dismembering part, Dahmer photographed every part of the process. Probably was starting to freak out like he wasn't going to be able to do this again. So he's like, I need to save this so I can look at these pictures and jack off later. Yeah. Yeah. Around this time... Guess what? The neighbors were starting to complain about the sounds of a chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> Two in the morning. <laughs> falling, strong, foul smells coming from Dahmer's apartment. Like, what the hell? I don't know if you guys hear sometimes in my recordings, but my neighbor's dog barks and it annoys the shit out of me. I love dogs, but this dog, like, doesn't stop barking, like, at all. Like, it's really bad. And I've talked to the landlord already about it. These guys, like, kind of wait until I feel like this builds up pretty bad to talk to the landlord but again this is also like low income housing it's in the hood we don't want to know what's going on next door kind of a thing but they also 
when you listen to a lot of the victims talking, or not the victims, the neighbors talking about this later on, they kind of were like a community, though, too. Like, oh, he's just that crazy white guy, like they always say. I don't know. I guess the landlord talks to Dahmer, and he's like, oh, it's my tropical fish tank that smells, which... They don't smell that bad, bro. They don't smell that bad. Another time a neighbor comes by to ask Jeffrey about the smell. I guess his door was, like, left open and she, like, pops in. And he's like, oh, it's this old fridge that my grandma gave me. I forgot to plug it in after putting a bunch of meat in it. Disgusting. (laughs) So disgusting. And probably she's like, okay, Dama. She said, like, in an interview later that she's like, I tried to set him up with, like, a girl a few times, but he was always said he was busy. And I was like, oh, you had no idea at the time. No idea. So gross. So, I mean, I've never smelt human, (sighs) rotting human flesh before, but I can imagine it is extremely pungent. (laughs) I have smelled rotten spinach and that made me want to throw up i would not be able to smell this did i take the trash out after like almost every day if i have to throw food away the night before i can't handle the smell the next morning i'm like i gotta take this trash out yeah so uh (laughs) now if you thought things were crazy before we're gonna we're gonna pump up we're gonna pump it up a little bit, or Dahmer does anyway. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. We're not doing this. Um, on April seventh, nineteen ninety-one, Jeffrey Dahmer lured nineteen-year-old, and this time this guy's—he's um, straight. Um, he's not, you know, at the gay bars trolling around. And his name's Errol Lindsay, and he's on his way to get a key cut. Um, and Dahmer lures him back to his apartment. And I don't know how. Dra- I don't know how he did it this time. <sighs> I don't know either. Maybe he's 19 and he's just like, oh, you want a beer or something? Or just talking. I mean, Dahmer was, a lot of people said, was very charming. So maybe he's just like, oh, yeah, cool. It's another young guy. Let's go. He's but, so, he's kind of like, um, <sighs> kind of like, you know, Ted Bundy looks different in like every photograph. Yeah. I feel like Jeffrey Dahmer's kind of like that because like there's one arrest photo where I'm like, oh yeah, he's kind of attractive there. I could see it. And then there's some where I'm like, that guy definitely eats people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like his mustache. Yeah, there's like one interview he does too, and he has like, I don't know, like cold sores all around his mouth, and his eyes mm-hmm. look kind of dark. And I'm like, you definitely look like someone who eats people. Yeah. But then there's sometimes where know. he just looks like, oh, he's just that crazy whack guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was. So after drugging Errol, Dahmer drilled a small hole into the side of his skull and poured hydrochloric acid Ugh. into his head. Dahmer was hoping to achieve a sort of love zombie. Hence he wanted the drink. to drink. Make... Yes. So now you know what you're drinking. <laughs> so he wanted to make Errol submissive and unresistant, but obviously, you know, still alive. Um, apparently, Errol woke up and was confused, asking what time it was and saying he had a headache. <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> I, I will never come. No idea what that oh headache. Well, sometimes after New Year's, yeah. I, I might know what that feels like. <laughs> I get migraines, and I feel like having hydrochloric acid in my head hole would be worse. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Dahmer, upset that it didn't work um, as he had planned, drugged him again, and then strangled him. I actually yeah. am very impressed that Dahmer was able to successfully even drill a hole in this guy's skull and pour something in there yeah. without him just dying. Yeah, I'm just, like, doing better than 1950s doctors. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, lobotomies, we'll do some episodes on that, but those are fucking crazy. 
yeah, he must have just, he must have researched this. Um, I don't know. But he kept the skull and tried to keep his skin by soaking it in a salt water solution for a few weeks. But he eventually disposed of it because it became too brittle. So fucking gross. And then... Yeah, and then on May like 24th... Ed Gein making lampshades or something for his house? Like, what the heck right? is he going to do with I, that I don't skin? Know. He's just like, try something new, shake it up Put a bit. Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> oh, God, I know. Put the lotion on the skin. <laughs> uh, so on May 24th, Dahmer was able to lure a deaf and mute 31-year-old man, Anthony Hughes, into his home before murdering him. So he used a note to ask Anthony if he could pay him for Check sex. Yes Check like, or no. <laughs> <laughs> right? Do you like me? <laughs> Check yes or no. What the heck? Like, How? That's going on another level. I couldn't like, even get a boyfriend uh, in sixth grade doing that. <laughs> And this guy's going back to his apartment, and it's just, it's sad. It is sad. It's really sad. Yeah. No offense to these yeah. victims. I mean, this is all terrible. They're all obviously probably hurting for money. Uh, you know, we all do questionable things sometimes. <laughs> Dude. Strap for cash. We, but <laughs> we all been there. It's a pandemic. <laughs> it's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Again, we need more unemployment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I do. I do feel... You know, these guys are obviously in rough situations. And Dahmer Yeah, we're at the point where they're doing this. Taking advantage. Taking advantage of it. Taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. So, this next murder, I think, like I said, they're all terrible murders. And they're all just so tragic. But this one just really... I mean, none of them should have happened. But this one especially shouldn't have happened. Because there were so many times before this murder actually occurred that this life could have been saved. So this one yeah. feels especially terrible. If you guys remember in last week's episode, we talked about the 13-year-old boy that escaped and Dahmer ended up serving some time for sexually assaulting him. His younger brother stumbles upon uh, Dahmer's path only three years later. On May 27th, this is only three days, by the way, after murdering his last victim, the deaf and mute Anthony Hughes. This three days later... That, that guy's body, by the way, is still chilling on the floor of Dahmer's bedroom. But Dahmer lures 14-year-old Conorak back to his apartment by telling him that he would pay him for money for a few Polaroids of him in his picture. So after Conorak, I hope I say that name right, posed for the pictures, Dahmer had drugged him and began to perform oral sex on the child. That's what he is. Um, he proceeded then to drill a single hole into the skull of the frontal lobe of Conorak, and he poured hydrochloric acid into it. Dahmer left his apartment with Conorak passed out on his bed. He said that Conorak saw the body on the floor, but didn't react to it, and it was probably because he was so out of it with all this you know, stuff sloshed around in his brain and drugs and everything in his system. Dahmer decides he's going to go... Get drunk, get more alcohol, hits up a bar, goes to the liquor store. When he comes back early in the morning with his alcohol, he finds the boy outside in his underwear with two women. He's on a street corner, and he's not... The boy does know English, but because of the drugs and everything like that, he... It's like he doesn't remember how to speak English, and he's just talking in his native tongue, um, which was, I think, is Leo, right? Yeah, Lation. So, yeah, so he, uh, I mean, I would too. I, if I, was I, would know. I wouldn't even be able to talk. I just, I probably wouldn't be able I to talk. My, I, I, that's why I say it's insane to me that 
this boy's even able to like walk around after Dahmer did this. And he's a little boy. Yeah, he's 14 years old. So Dahmer approaches the women and they and he tells them that the boy was his friend John. He just makes up a name. And he says, oh, he's just really drunk. I'll take him back to my place. The women are like, hey, we called the police because this this is a boy and he needs help. And I actually tried to find the phone call to play it for you, but it's really hard actually to play it. But the the women, the woman that calls, she in the phone call says like, "There's a boy here, a child here. He's beaten. He looks banged up. Um, he needs help. Someone has assaulted him." Like she's very clear on what's going on. When the police arrive, Officer John. Balserac and Officer Joseph, I almost want to say his last name, Garbage, but it's Gabriel. These guys are the biggest sons of bitches in the world, I swear. Dahmer tells them that John is his 19-year-old boyfriend and they had just gotten in a little lover's, lover's spat and that he had gotten very drunk after and this is his usual behavior after they get in a little fight. The police basically tell the women to mind their own business, like, go away. We got this under control. The women are obviously like, no, this is a child. The cops put a towel on the boy. They walk him back to Dahmer's apartment. They actually, like, help Dahmer get him back inside. And they actually come into the living room. And Dahmer shows them the pictures that he took, the Polaroid pictures he took of Conorak in his underwear. And he's like, see, see, like, it's consensual. It's my boyfriend. We're just, you know, having a little fight. Apparently, one of the officers notices the smell, how could you not, of decomposing bodies and takes a small peek around the corner looking at Dahmer's room, but he doesn't look hard enough because he missed the fucking dead body on the floor. How? How? How do you not do that? I mean, I feel like any cop walking in that apartment would have been like, something is seriously wrong in this apartment. Yeah. Like, there's no way. You don't look at that boy, one, and think a 14-year-old is 19 years old. Like, I've seen pictures of him. He does not look 19. No, he looks, he like, looks a like a little boy. boy. And also, like, just naked, bloody. I'm like, do they miss the fucking hole in the side of his head? Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the phone call that the woman says, she's like, I can tell that there's bleeding coming from his rear. Like, yeah, this boy has he, been right. raped. So... They leave the apartment and they leave the boy with Dahmer. If these officers had even just taken, like, a small glance at his background, like, maybe called in and be like, can you just run something on Jeffrey Dahmer? Just want to make sure you know we're yeah. good here. They would have seen that, A, he's on parole. B, he's a registered sex offender child molester. And C, he has several drinking charges for, you know, drinking in public and stuff. So this guy, they, it would have ended it right there. Like, there's so many different yeah. things. Um, when the police report back to the station... They are laughing and snickering in the phone call. Yeah. And so after um, Dahmer's arrest, actually, and thankfully, these fuckers got um, fired. Not really. They got fired, uh, but they got back. And one of them is actually just retired from the police force like two years ago. He was a president of a police agency. Yeah. That is. Yeah. They got fired, but they got rehired. Buddy cop Midwest bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, just God. found this out. He, like, pleaded, uh, went to court. It was Balsarac. He, like, complete. he, like, pleaded and fought, like, a case and ended up being able to go back onto the force. That's And he ridiculous. retired in, it was, like, 2017 or 2018 he retired. Obviously, they shouldn't have missed this, but it's one thing to miss it. But it's, it's another insane. complete thing to make fun of it. If you <laughs> hear the fucking phone call, it's insane. So, I actually have here... I have the transcripts, unfortunately. I can't find the actual thing. 
But the woman calls, you know, right? And then these guys come yeah. here. And they say, it's on tape recorded. Um, I say, oh, the intoxicated Asian naked male was returned to his sober boyfriend. <laughs> and we're 10 8 as someone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, they literally sound exactly like they laugh about it and they just think it's fucking funny. And then, like, the woman who called, her grandma calls the police station, you know, later to try and yeah. catch up. And they're just like, you know, hi, like, there was a. A squad car that I flagged down earlier about 15 minutes ago and it's the same officer he's like oh that was me and she's like what happened my daughter my niece uh, we witnessed what was going on we want to make sure was there anything done with the situation do you need mm-hmm. names from us or them and the officer's like no not at all don't need your info and she's like you don't he's like no it was an intoxicated boyfriend of another boyfriend and then he snickers he like laughs at that and she's like oh well how old was this child he's like it wasn't a child it was an adult. And the woman's like, are you sure? And the officer's like, yep. And the woman asks again, are you positive? Because this Engli- this child doesn't even speak English. My daughter yeah. has dealt with him before and seen him on the street catching earthworms. Like playing. Like a little boy. Because he's a little yeah. boy. And the officer's like, yeah, no. It's all taken care of, of man. And the woman asks again, are you sure? Ma'am, I can't make it any more clear. It's been taken care of. He's with his boyfriend at his boyfriend's apartment where he's got his belongings to, and that's where it's released. And she's like, well, I mean, if if he's a child and not an adult, I'm just, are you so sure it's an adult? And then the cop's so frustrated and being so rude to her, he's like, I explained to you, it's all taken care of. It's as positive as I can be. I can't do anything about somebody's sexual preferences in life. And the woman's like, oh I'm not God. saying anything about that. It just appeared to be a child that's my concern. The officer says, no, he's not. The woman's like, he's not a child. And the officer's like, no, okay? It's a boyfriend-boyfriend thing. He's got his belongings at the house where he came from. He's got a picture of himself and his boyfriend and so forth. And he just, like, the it carries on like that for a while. And he, again, makes it clear oh, to her three more times, no, he's not a child. So I just thought that was... We'll post a picture. Beyond. We'll post a picture of him later, um, of Counteract, and you can see that he's very obviously a child. Very obviously. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. So after the police leave Dahmer's apartment, he pours more acid into Counteract's head, and it kills him almost instantly. Dahmer takes a sick day from work the next day to do his other work, I guess, dismember and clean up both Counteract and Anthony's bodies and skulls. So, about a oh god. So about a month later on First June thirtieth, this guy gets sick pay. No, just kidding. Why <laughs> like, seriously? It takes a day off. I'm gonna get myself it's a job crazy. at Ambrosia. I know. Move to fucking Milwaukee. No, uh, no thanks. So about a month later on June thirtieth, Dahmer traveled to Chicago, where he stumbled upon twenty year old Matt Turner at a bus station, and he convinced him to go back to um, go back the hour and a half to Dahmer's apartment <laughs> for a paid photo shoot. He drugged and strangled Matt, storing his organs in a freezer for consumption, um, and then. Uh, Jeremy Weinberger is next and he was 25 years old he lived in Chicago just like Matt Turner Um, he was lured to Dahmer's apartment in early July of 1991 under the pretense of a photo shoot 
The two met at a bar in Chicago called Carol's Speakeasy, and Weinberger was at first hesitant about going with Dahmer. He asked a friend that he thought um, what he thought of him, and his friend said that Dahmer seemed all right. So Weinberger Oof. was, yeah. So Weinberger was reassured and left with Dahmer, and then they took a Greyhound bus trip um, so that they could go, you know, the hour and a half to Milwaukee. Dahmer didn't drug Weinberger right away. He actually waited until Weinberger insisted that it was time for him to go home, which was the next morning. Um, so Dahmer was just like, you know, stay, have another drink. And when Weinberger, uh, Weinberger uh, agreed to have another drink, uh, Dahmer drugged him. cannot say that name. <laughs> I cannot say Weinberger. I keep wanting to say Weingerber, and I don't know. It's Weinberger, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, so <laughs> Dahmer then drugged him. Drilled a hole into his skull, poured boiling water into it. Yes, he gave up Wein- on the hydrochloric <laughs> acid at this point. Well, he was having money problems, so <laughs> you know. True. Um, and uh, Weinberger was was still alive, so Dahmer dosed him again, poured in some more boiling water, and Weinberger went into a coma. So Dahmer, you know, he's kind of frustrated, and he's all, "Whatever, I got to go to work." Then he came, and then by the time he came back, Weinberger was already dead. So Dahmer dismembered him, put his head in the freezer, and then later when um, the friend who told Weinberger that Dahmer seemed all right, um, he, you know, he felt obviously extremely guilty, and he ended up committing suicide. That's so terrible. It's not his fault, but... No. No, and I feel like, obviously, you know, Jeremiah felt like something was off and was probably like one of those things where he's like something's wrong but i can't point to what's wrong so getting reassurance from his friend or you just get kind of nervous and you don't know the situation maybe he yeah you know sometimes you go out with people and they're like you just need to like meet someone and they're like i don't know i don't know what about that guy and i'm like yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, go meet him go meet him so yeah i could see that Oliver Lacey was last seen alive on July 12th of 1991. He was 23 years old at the time of his death. These guys, they're all pretty much in their 20s and early Mm -hmm. 30s. I think the oldest one was 33, but they're usually in their early 20s, very young. He had just, this Oliver had just moved to Milwaukee with his girlfriend, so he's straight. He's not gay or bisexual. Uh, He moved there with his girlfriend and, and their baby from Illinois, Dahmer met him at the Grand Avenue Mall, which is actually the same place that Dahmer bought the suitcase for Stephen Tuami. And he invited Lacey back to his apartment. So I don't really know why he went back to his apartment. I don't know if it was like, hey, let's hang out and have a drink sometime or what, how it turned out. Or maybe, maybe he did the same thing. Like, I'll pay you money for this. I have no idea. But he killed him and then he raped his corpse and he saved the heart to eat for later. Uh, when Dahmer was caught, the investigation was actually filed under Lacey's name because he was the first victim in the in Dahmer's apartment that they were able to identify. 25-year-old Joseph Braidhoft was visiting his brother and looking for work in Wisconsin when he met Dahmer at a bus stop between July 16th and July 19th, somewhere around there. So this is like the same week. This is just a couple days later. He's starting to accelerate around this time. Uh, you know, the first few murders were pretty spread out and then it was like once a month and now it's like almost every other week, it seems. So it's really escalating here. 
with Joseph, this happened shortly after I think um, he was fired from the chocolate factory. Yeah, so he he did lose his job there. Too many sick days. <laughs> he was showing up late to work or not showing up at all or calling out. So they did eventually let him go, and uh, he did complain to his parole officer how he was so sad about it. But I'm like, uh, <laughs> maybe if you more time to you know, I don't know, whatever. Ugh. Um. But he met Joseph at a bus stop uh, near Dahmer's apartment, and he was a recently separated father of three who had been living in Illinois. Dahmer had been watching The Exorcist 3 on con- a continuous loop right before meeting Braidhoff, and it offered him $50 to come to his apartment. I don't know what for again, but Braidhoff was broke. So he Dahmer gets either has a really good eye for telling when someone is in a desperate situation or he just gets fucking lucky. I don't know. But he gets him to his apartment and he does his usual routine, gets him drunk, strangles him, murders him, you know, has his way with him, then starts to dismember him. And then he placed his head in the freezer so that he could work on that later. So um, on July 22nd, so again, this is, you know, not long after, um, 1991, 32-year-old Tracy Edwards went back to Dahmer's apartment, and Dahmer put on the movie The Exorcist 3 and poured Edwards <laughs> Round again. number whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and poured Edwards something to drink. So, yeah, fun. If you didn't really realize this already, Jeffrey Dahmer loved to watch The Exorcist 3, for some reason the third one, before killing a lot of his victims. And if you listen to our Halloween episode, you'll remember another serial killer who watched episode 3 on repeat, the Gainesville Ripper. So, yeah, I don't know what's up with that movie, but they, yeah, like it. I love it. it. <laughs> um, so Dahmer puts a handcuff, a handcuff, I cannot talk, a handcuff <laughs> on one of Edward's arms. And when Edward asked if he could use the bathroom, um, he then ran out the door real quick and Dahmer um, passed out drunk. So, yeah, Edward so was... that's kind of like a weird thing. Um, Dahmer said in a later interview that you know, he's an alcoholic. He drinks pretty heavy. He normally doesn't just pass out drunk like that. So I don't know if he accidentally drank the wrong drink or what. <laughs> or maybe Edward's, like, outsmarted him or something. But he's obviously getting sloppy here. Like, yeah, he puts one handcuff on only one of Edward's arms. And is like, oh, yeah, you can go to the bathroom. Like, it's, he's, something's going on. He's off there. He's getting drunk. He passes out. It's weird. Yeah. So Edwards was picked up by the police as he was running naked down the street with the handcuff on him still. Um, he told police that some weird dude, which understatement of the century, had drugged him and put him in restraints, but he had managed to get away. So the police didn't believe him at first because, no. you know, if they're no. Milwaukee police. They didn't believe him. And they <laughs> say, oh, well, then let's just go. The crazy thing about this is they don't even be like, okay, yeah, let's go arrest this guy. They say, well, let's go get the key from Dahmer. Yeah. That's right. And yeah, so that they could get him out of there, but they're just like, you know, normal. This is normal. <laughs> what? And so they go back to Dahmer's apartment to confront him, and Dahmer's uh, confused. He's disoriented. Uh, when he answers the door, you know, he's a heavy drinker and he had just passed out. Um, however, he was also just really calm, um, which, you know, it makes sense. It's only been two months since he had convinced police to let him take Conrad back inside his apartment. He's probably like, whatever they walked inside my house last time with a dead body on the floor like this is gonna be yeah and so um 
you know, they might have just dismissed it as another domestic dispute like they had before. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't their problem. But one of the cops actually listened to Edwards when he said that the knife Dahmer had, like, brandished at him before was in the bedroom. So the cop went in there, went to look for it, and then he comes across the Polaroids yeah. of all the dismembered bodies. And this is the thing, um, I, I read the thing later, it said that the cop sees the drawer of just Polaroids and at first just thinks they're, like, regular Polaroids and then starts looking at them and he's just mm-hmm. like, wait a second, because they're, like, bo- you know, dead bodies, dismembered, stuff like that. And I yeah. guess at the same time, he turns and looks at his partner and he's just like, cuff him. Just, like, instantly. Yeah. Like, get him. And they, like, tackle Dahmer. Yeah, he, uh, Dahmer, like saw them finding the photos and on the photos there's just a picture of a head inside the fridge and they uh, he gets angry of course and tries to fight back but he's subdued and they continue searching his apartment um they find the head in the fridge that the picture was of yeah uh, along with other body parts and cut up flesh they find three heads in the freezer the heart um preserved skulls jars of dismembered penises photo albums just full of bodies and dismembered parts, and then a 57-gallon drum containing decomposing bodies soaked in chemicals. And then they also find an unfinished altar made of skulls and candles in his closet. Yeah. I read that the officer that opened... So the two officers that were there on the scene, like, they said they cuff him, get him, you know, and quickly do yeah. that because they realize, holy shit. And the second officer opens the fridge and he just closed it and they called in. They're yeah. like, I don't want to deal with this. Way too much paperwork. This is a... yeah horrible thing but that altar in the closet he was working on he had two completely bleached and finished skeletons with several skulls you know he'd been collecting skulls pretty much his whole career and he had a sketch and plans laid out for a large skull altar and a black leather chair to sit on and he said he wanted it to feel at home i'll post the sketch on our instagram later but i'm pretty sure it's just a an alter to masturbate to, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so they found out pretty quickly that he had been eating his victims. His fridge was basically just filled with human flesh and different, like, sauces. They got Chick-fil-A sauce? <laughs> oh, you know he got that Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> <laughs> like, I might eat anything Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> little barbecue rub. Like, oh, it's disgusting. And then um, a further search of his apartment by a friend. Some butter? Found Can't believe it's <laughs> not butter? <laughs> Sweet baby rays. Oh, <laughs> <I> found. <laughs> if you guys know what that is from, let us know because <laughs> it's fantastic. It's not butter. <laughs> oh my gosh, you can use whatever you want. It's not butter. Um, <laughs> look, where am I? They found evidence of at least 11 people's remains inside the apartment. Oh, God. Um, and after he was taken into custody, Dahmer didn't waste any time in confessing. He was just basically, like, you know, digs up, whatever. It's over. So he told them he had killed 17 people and went into detail about the crimes. Well, didn't he only confess to 16 at first? And then he later confessed to the the previous one at his parents' house? Stephen Hicks? Yeah. No, he told him about that because he told him exactly where they could uh, find okay. the body. I think yeah. he was only charged for 16, though. He was, yeah. Yeah. Um... And, uh, yeah, so he tells him about, you know, what he did. Dahmer, he was 31 when he was arrested. So he had done all of this from the ages of 18 to 31. Yeah. And, you know, a nine-year gap at that one point. But if he hadn't been caught, 
I mean, he was going every single day. Yeah. (laughs) He could have kept going. That's for sure. And like I said, I mean, his land, people are just, I feel like people know something's off, but they just don't want to know that something's off, you know? And it's like, I I watched one interview where one of his neighbors was like, oh, what's going on at Dahmer's house? And they tell him, they're like, oh my God. (laughs) I was like, uh, and then grandma was like, I had no idea. And I'm just like, dude we've discussed it before like when we were doing the golden state killer that a lot of people even if they think something weird's going on their first thought isn't this guy's a murderer because that's just you know the worst possible scenario or so let I feel alone like a cannibal of that yeah like oh my god drilling holes and putting you know acid into people's heads yeah. like Dahmer is so creepy ugh. when he talks about things because he's just so matter of fact about it like and then oh, I yeah. did this, and then I I cleaned them, and then I did that. It kind of reminds me of I, I mentioned Ed Kemper a lot, but it kind of reminds me of that the same way. Yeah, like Ted Bundy pretty much tried to fight his thing until the very end, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and then even when he does confess, he doesn't really confess as himself. He's like, oh well, if I were to do it, like some O.J. Simpson shit. But yeah, if I killed her, this is how. <laughs> yeah, this is how. But Jeffrey Dahmer's <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and then I put some barbecue sauce on. <laughs> like, yeah, just like fuck? what? Fucking then, crazy. You know, during this time before he got caught, his his dad was just like, "Oh, you're looking pretty good. It looks like you lost some weight." Now McDonald's again. Yeah, and he was just like, "Oh, I've been eating at home more." Is what he told his oh, dad. So gross. Uh, so so gross. No one would have definitely questioned Dahmer during quarantine. That's for sure. Just oh, God, all the no. time. Gosh. Yeah. So Dahmer's trial began on January 30th of 1992, and he was indicted for 15 counts of murder. Um, So that's the thing. Like, he knows that he committed at least 17 murders, but some of those bodies were just totally gone, that there's no way that they could actually convict him on it. Like I said, he was flushing them down toilets and drains and trash bags. And so the only way to really unfortunately convict him on that many murders you have to have all you know at least some dna or something like that of all the bodies which he didn't um he was able to tell the police exactly where hicks remains were and they were able to uncover some of his bones and teeth out in the woods at his childhood home he was not tried for the attempted murder of tracy edwards or the murder of stephen tuami because like I said, he couldn't remember even that murder, and they weren't able to find the evidence other than Dahmer saying he did it. Uh, Dahmer did try to plead guilty, or he pleaded guilty, but he tried to say he was insane. So since Dahmer had admitted he was guilty, his trial wasn't to determine his guilt, but it was to establish if he had killed because he suffered a mental or personality disorder. The defense said that Dahmer suffered from mental illness, largely due to his murders involving necrophilia, and that he was unable to control his urges, while the prosecution argued that even if he did suffer from mental illness, he was more than capable of knowing right from wrong. His father was a really uh, big advocate about this. Like, his dad was really trying to get Jeffrey put into a, a mental institution as opposed to just straight-up prison. Like, he wanted him to get psychological help. So, I mean, a lot of interviews you really feel for the parents, and it is pretty heartbreaking, actually, to watch his father talk about a lot of this stuff. But um, 
His father did sit through all the trials too, which is, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that at all. Um, forensic psychiatrist Dr. Park Dietz said that he believed Dahmer was not suffering from any mil- mental illness at the time of the murders because they are carefully planned out. Dahmer did not kill off of an impulse, but instead he went hunting and he planned how he would find his next his next victim, how he would get them to the apartment, drug them, kill them, and dismember them so that he was, they said, pretty aware, self-aware of what was going on. So like we said um, earlier, Dahmer liked to watch The Exorcist on repeat, uh, but the other movie he liked to watch was Star Wars Return of the Jedi, which is the same. And actually, I just watched it yesterday. Um, and Again, on, Katie, yeah. you and Dahmer, <laughs> too many coincidences. I'm just kidding. I love Star yeah. Wars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like this is great. This is not... In one end, how could Dahmer not first. like Star Wars? I mean, he's a kid in like yeah. the '80s, and this is like the they always are awesome movies, but they had also yeah. just come out, so yeah, the, it's pretty go. normal. But uh, Doctor Deese also said during the trial that Dahmer had told him that often before he went out to find a murder victim, he would watch Return of the Jedi scenes featuring Emperor Palpatine only, and then scenes from The Exorcist Three for the Satan type character because he admired them. Um, because they had the ability to control people and were powerful. So Dahmer said that he would often wear yellow contact lenses before he went out to find his victims to emulate these characters because they both had yellow eyes, which is so creepy that he just went up to people with <laughs> his yellow contact, eye contact lenses <laughs> and there's 50 bucks. Can like, I pay you $50 uh, for the Polaroid? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So uh, Dean uh, said... No, thank you. <laughs> right? Creepy-ass, yellow-eyed, jaundiced fuck. I think, ugh. So, Dietz said for Dahmer, it wasn't about causing pain to the victims. It was all about having complete control over them. He didn't necessarily enjoy their pain. He just no, wanted I mean, to be he, in power. he drugged yeah. them and killed them before he did most of Anything. his things. Yeah, they were dead know? by the time he was dismembering them, so... He had a um, heart. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He cared. He oh, cared. <laughs> <laughs> Midwestern hospitality. Would <laughs> you started... like a nice Bailey's and coffee? <laughs> I don't. Oh God. Fucking weird ass yeah. drink too. Like, I know. Go over some guy's house for some nudie photo sesh. She's like, would you like some Bailey's and coffee? It's like, from I my love grandma's stash. And coffee, but. <laughs> I love Bailey's I and coffee. I also have some Werther's oh, originals for you. Right. We can turn on Turn of the Jedi. <laughs> what are you, like a 12-year-old man-child living at home? Jeez. Yes. So, also, Deep's- like, can you imagine going in that house? I'd be like, uh-uh, I'm out. Like, that house would probably stink. Smells so bad. Yeah, I'd be like... Dude, you stink. I'm out. Like, 50 bucks is not I will flash you on the shit. street corner for the $50. Right? Take the money and run. Oh, Deets diagnosed him with substance abuse, which obviously. Duh. Um, oh, it paraphilia. took a Right? I could have diagnosed him with that. <laughs> paraphilia, which is related to necrophilia, and uh, schizotypal disorder. Um, so other psychiatrists at the trial diagnosed him with personality disorders, sexual sadism, OCD, and plain old loneliness. Lonely. <laughs> lonely. I'm so lonely. It's not an excuse to kill. 
<laughs> no, it's not. So uh, one psychiatrist, Dr. Friedman, said he was not psychotic. Um, he's amiable, pleasant to be with, courteous, has a sense of humor, conventionally handsome and charming in a manner. He was and still is a bright young man. Dr. Friedman <laughs> probably got $50 to visit. Dude, seriously, right? He's all, tell him I'm handsome. He's all, you're handsome. Oh, tell him I'm charming. Oh, he's so charming. <laughs> I'll send you a Polaroid later. <laughs> I know. Damn. No, I'm sure he was. I mean, a lot of that's how he got the men the, to come. The with serial him. killers, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's the organized kind and there's the disorganized, the ones that just kill on impulse. Yeah. Like the Gainesville Ripper, he's not very organized. He's just a crazy guy. But like Ted Bundy, like I was saying earlier, or even the Golden State Killer, planning yeah. attacks. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about Golden State Killer being pleasant, but Ted Bundy was pleasant. No kind of yeah. an attractive wasn't. normal person <laughs> um yeah it's just a good good way to attract someone make them feel safe yeah so on february 15th 1992 the verdict was in Dahmer was ruled to be sane at the time of each of his murders and therefore could not be found um could not be found not guilty by reason of insanity so just plain old guilty. Um, for the first two counts of murder, he was sentenced to life plus 10 years. And the other 13, he was given life plus 70 years. Um, Wisconsin doesn't have the death penalty. They haven't had it had it since 1853. So that's why he was given that's this. That's the highest of, death of the highest, yeah. Yeah. So during the trial, Dahmer's father, Lionel, and his stepmother, like Tabitha said, were present. Um, after his convention, um, conviction, they were allowed 10 minutes with him to say goodbye before, and give him hugs and whatever before he was taken away to begin his sentence. He apologized, too. Um, there was a lot of the victims' families that were at the trial that just, you know, had a lot to say, obviously, as they should. There was one person mm-hmm. that was wailing at him, just completely lost control over her emotion, which I do not blame her for at all. No. And Dahmer, he takes a moment to apologize, and it's kind of insane that he did that i don't know but he does that sounds weird jeffrey dahmer was brought to columbia correctional institution in portage wisconsin one minute um so be- after he was brought to columbia correctional facility he was there for three months and then he was moved to ohio real quick to do the trial for stephen hicks and then he was moved back to columbia correctional oh, institution that shit's yeah. all over the place yeah that's cool that they 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 let Ohio borrow him for a bit. <laughs> yeah, so that his yeah he can so get while additional sentence. in prison, like I said, his parents or his dad and his stepmom would visit him pretty often and call him, and his real mom Joyce would call him every Saturday. Um, uh, Dahmer was in isolation for the first year of prison because of his notoriety, but was slowly given more freedom. Once he was given more freedom, Dahmer kind of went back to his high school years, making weird comments, acting strange in general for attention. He's among peers a little bit more. He's probably not really sure how to act. He told other inmates and prison guards, like, I bite, and made a sign, like, for a fake meeting called Cannibals Anonymous, trying to be funny. (laughs) Fucking sicko. But he would shape his food into, like, body parts and use ketchup like fake blood. So, so kind of weird. In 1994, yeah. however, he supposedly got saved, um, became a Christian, and started attending Bible studies, and got baptized. And at a church service in the same year, an inmate tried to slit Dahmer's throat, but the knife broke and didn't do any damage, so he got put back into isolation. But 
he did convince the prison guards to let him back out to rejoin the prison's population a lot. Yeah, Dahmer's parents actually wanted him in isolation and called and said they were concerned for his safety, but every time he would get put in isolation, because there was a worry about his safety, Dahmer would convince the prison guards to let him back out again. Um, And so on November 28th, 1994, Dahmer was on cleaning duty at the prison with two other inmates named Jesse Anderson and Christopher Scarver. Um, They were cleaning the gym bathrooms, and the three were left alone for 20 minutes. They They weren't in their handcuffs or chains or anything left alone and then when very like a setup to me to be honest yeah and when prison guards came back they found both Dahmer and anderson had been beaten to death with a metal bar by scarver it was actually a um it was a barbell yeah which is a throwback because if you remember Dahmer's first murder he killed him with a barbell yeah hicks so in an interview about why he'd killed them Scarver said that the two had like um, he had felt somebody poke his back and then he turned around and he wasn't sure which one it had been but they were both like laughing at him under their breath and he hated Dahmer Um, he said that Dahmer was unrepentant and so he didn't think he felt sorry for his crimes and um, because of the way he was acting like being disgusting with the food and stuff like that so um, that's why you know he said he killed him (laughs) <laughs> and then, uh, which you know, makes sense, makes sense. Um, and uh, so after his death, Lionel and Joyce fought over Dahmer's remains. Joyce wanted to cremate his body, but give his brain to science to see if there was a biological reason behind what he did. But Lionel wanted to have his entire body cremated because that's what um, Jeffrey had requested. So the court sided with Lionel and Dahmer was cremated and half of the ashes were given to each parent. So they got to to split it. So weird. Just let it Yeah. Yeah. So Joyce Dahmer died in 2000. Lionel and his wife, Sherry, are still alive. Um, They're probably still living in Ohio, um, but they kind of stay out of the public eye now. And Jeffrey's younger brother, David, has stayed completely removed from the entire situation, changed his name. Nobody knows anything really about him. Yeah, if you remember, Jeffrey was the one who picked David's name. So I'm sure he's like, yeah. get me the hell out of here. And I would definitely not want the last name Dahmer after that. No, like, no. no, not at all. Yeah. This was a, you know, pretty insane case. I was reading, when yeah. I was reading through the FBI files, I stumbled across this, like, newspaper clipping that I guess was, like, in 1996. So it's pretty fresh after everything happened. Mm-hmm. Some family in New York decorated their entire front lawn for Halloween as, like, a diner, but, like, with body parts, like, all over it and blood. Oh it was super graphic. And they put a big sign that said Dahmer's Diner. <laughs> and, oh, my God. Yeah, like, apparently the whole neighborhood and city was, like, pissed about it and was, like, saying it's so disgusting and, like, this was a terrible person and blah, blah, blah. And the lady, Rose Navas, I think her last name was, she's, like, this is all in fun. We're going to have a Halloween party, and my son just got really into it. We're an intelligent business people having a little fun. I don't think it's so bad. I'm just like, oh my what the fuck is wrong with you? All right, bitch. Like, that's what? I mean, I, I'm really into Halloween. You know me. I My entire yeah. house is, like, a huge haunted house, especially, like, in October. <laughs> all year round. But, like, especially in October, yeah. I go nuts. I put, like, stuff everywhere. I always put, like a like, a fake body in the bathtub and stuff like that but yeah this is also like not to make it right but it's also almost 30 years later 
this lady's doing this like two years after Dahmer died. Yeah. Like, a few years after he got caught. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, only four years after he got caught. Yeah. Like, that's so disrespectful. It's so... I don't know. And if I... If I... I don't even think I would honestly put something like Dahmer's Diner on, like, my front lawn. Maybe it was in my house among friends that I felt like weren't going to judge certain things I do. Yeah. But... Yeah, but not out the lawn for everybody to see. <laughs> so oh, gross. my gosh. Oh. Yeah, I was like... I don't know why that was so... That was in the FBI files. I thought that was weird, but... That is kind of weird. Kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. So that's Dahmer. Um, are you hungry? <laughs> yeah. I'm no, actually I'm really you... hungry right now. <laughs> I know. It's almost 8 o'clock and Taylor's making dinner in the other room and I'm all... Hmm. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Like, that's... I sound disgusting. I'm so sorry if you've lost your appetite out there. I just haven't eaten in a few hours and I'm really hungry. But... Jeffrey Dahmer was a terrible person. He was a yeah. terrible, terrible human being. And, you know, his dad, I feel a lot of sympathy for because his dad mm-hmm. is just, like, wants to believe the best in Dahmer. It's his son, and he just is like, I think he became saved. I did this and this and that. But I'm like, Dahmer had more than a few screws loose. Yeah. Uh, I don't. He even says in interviews, he's like, if you let me out, I would do the same thing. Like, I can't be stopped. This is what I want yeah. to do. So, yeah, he was, unfortunately, someone just needed to be pulled out of society much sooner. And if Milwaukee police actually did their fucking job, I'm sure at least 15 people's lives would have been saved from the first time that he killed mm-hmm. someone or the, the first child that he, like, you know, 13-year-old Keeson. He should have definitely... Served he should have been in jail for longer for that. And even back on his going back to, you know, part one when we were talking about his first murder with Stephen Hicks and that cop who pulled him over when he had Stephen Hicks' body in the back. So like I read there's actually two cops that pulled him over in the re- in the police reports. Two mm-hmm. police officers. And Yeah. And nothing, you know, happened and it's crazy. So and yet many they times. pull over people for no reason and you can't smell Whatever. rotting rotting flesh in someone's car. Like, yeah. there's so many times that Dahmer was, you know, so police entered his home where an, I'm sure smelled like flesh. There was probably bones laying out somewhere. Blood With a body on the fucking floor in the other yeah. room. <laughs> so many situations. The, the one that angers me the most, though, is for sure the 14-year-old boy that Conorak, they yeah. tried to say was an adult, you know. Yeah, that was just such a gross, like, you did not do your job at all. Not even you messed up. That is, is like, the it's like the biggest fuck up ever. You didn't try to do your job because you thought you're, oh, oh, oh they're gay. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, so immature. <laughs> yeah. So freaking immature. And, yeah, and just homophobic and ugh. Disgusting. Yeah. So, um... Our sources for today were obviously FBI Files, Biography.com, Dahmer on Dahmer, which is a documentary, um, LA Times, Times.com, Oxygen, Murderpedia, Crimeola, a hard copy interview with Joyce Dahmer, A Father's Story by Lionel Dahmer, Stone Phillips interview with Dahmer, and Inside the Mind of Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> How many times did I say Dahmer right there? <laughs> I had like 30 tabs on my computer open doing research for this. Like, Yeah. There's so much, but then at the same time, there's not a lot. I kept finding a lot of conflicting information and, like, sometimes inaccurate dates. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people are 
quick to tell stories of how he killed someone. But the one thing, the things that I had a really hard time finding actually were police records of uh, yeah. certain things that happened. Like I said, I had I had a hard time finding some of the actual archives of the phone calls and stuff. Most of my information actually came directly from the FBI files because the FBI were very thorough. And yeah. Milwaukee police reports were terrible. <laughs> they were terrible. Big surprise. Big, <laughs> Big surprise. surprise there. I do like, yeah. you know, I'm not totally like a full-on cop hater, but these cops sucked so bad. Like, No, I, I don't hate cops, but I think that they, like anybody in a position like they have a very special job and when they completely just do not do it i get real mad so you know Dahmer lived in a low income housing area it was predominantly a neighborhood of immigrants um people of color it was a lot of just people that the cops didn't give a shit about to be honest which is terrible it's absolutely terrible that family i felt so bad for them they didn't even so the family that um had two sons affected by this. They were never told that Dahmer even got let out early of his first parole. They were never told that. And just by chance, the brother happened to, you know, meet Dahmer. They lived in the area. Yeah. So it's just... It's terrible because Dahmer um, actually picked up the boy the first time when he was living at his grandma's. And then the second time was Mm -hmm. when he was in his apartment. So it's just terrible. Dahmer moved. Dahmer knew who to pick out. Yes, he hunted. He needed to pick out people who were desperate, people who were poor, yeah. people who were willing to do a little bit lower things for money. 50 bucks. For yeah. 50 bucks. It was um, terrible. Very predatory. Yeah. Very predatory They behavior. actually tore down his apartment building. So a year after, you know, Dahmer was arrested and everything, like that entire complex, they tore it down. They couldn't handle it anymore. And they were going oh, yeah. to build a park there, but they end up never doing that. And it's just a little gated off square. That is probably for the best. Um, Cause Dahmer, you know, he's one of the most high profile serial killers. And I, how do you rent an apartment after it comes out that he was flushing pieces of people down the toilet no way. like you can't and then yeah. you have people you know that i don't know psychos out there that maybe like move into the place and want to like take for that up reason Dahmer's. specifically yeah yeah i'll be Dahmer too or something like that so yeah oh it's a terrible thing that happened to the people of milwaukee mm-hmm. um even worse that that police officer got to be a police officer again later <laughs> yeah so Ugh. so terrible but um Full person that is Jeffrey Dahmer so yeah if you have any tidbits that we missed I'd actually love to hear them I you know Jeffrey Dahmer's gross Katie was like I knew it was gonna be gross but I, didn't, I think I forgot it was me this gross <laughs> yeah before we started recording I was just like Oh, you know, I'm researching and, uh, you know, even last night Taylor was making dinner and he was going to be making pulled pork nachos, which normally (laughs) I like. And I was researching this stuff and, you know, reading about like people getting their heads drilled in and him saving hearts to eat. And I was like, can you make mine vegetarian? And he did. And, uh, you know, tonight I'm also eating a vegetarian meal. And I used to be a vegetarian, actually, but now it's making me want to (laughs) convert. I had sausage this morning. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was thinking about it when I was doing research. My roommate had a movie. I was like, I'll put a movie on while you work on your stuff. I'm like, okay. We watched White Christmas. (laughs) I love that movie. I don't know. I can totally, you know, sometimes... Sometimes I do hear stories and listen to things, and I'm like, ooh, and I get really like, oh, this is so gross, so gross. But other times I kind of just, it's just, I don't know, I tune into like a different channel or something. Sometimes it doesn't bother me. Sometimes it does. Um, but, you know, for my job right now, I'm researching a lot of true crime. And so I'm constantly immersed in true crime right now. So I'm doing it for work five days a week. And then when I'm not working, I'm looking up for the podcast. And so it's just been like, Murder, 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 cannibalism. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah. I'll take the vegetarian nachos, please. Cannibalism is a little, <laughs> a little on that extra. But you yeah. made it through. If you've listened uh, to this, yeah. you made it through the series. Um, yeah, we're not going to do cannibalism for a while. We're going to be jumping to some other fun. <laughs> fun. <laughs> I probably shouldn't use that word. Serial killers. <laughs> killers crimes some some fan favorites um fan no. favorites i know i regret saying that ever but <laughs> if yes. there is a case though that you are curious to hear our take on uh you can send us an email or at uh, crimes.cocktails at gmail.com or you can message us on our patreon at crimes and cocktails or follow us like us message us on instagram at crimes and cocktails Yep, and you'll want to follow us there for all the cocktail recipes, um, updates on episodes. Um, I mean, I think we're hilarious. We put some pretty funny memes on there, so <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why you should follow us. So yeah. thanks for listening. And I just want to say thank you for listening, and we hope you guys uh, have a good night. Happy yep. holidays. <laughs> yeah.